Welcome to the Week 15 Sit Start Podcast. I am Eric Smith, and tonight I will be joined by Callan Elslager. Uh, he is filling in for Ryan Heath to break down uh, the most important sit-start decisions of the week. Um, as always, please check out QBList.com. Uh, we'll have our staff breaking down every single fantasy-relevant player. So much more in-depth on the website, but we're going to go through some of the uh, the high points, the low points for this week's decisions. And uh, Callan, welcome back. It's been a while since I've had you on the podcast for sit-start, but um, you came back in crunch time. We are in the fantasy football playoffs, so very exciting time. Glad to talk to you. Glad we made it this far. Week 15, we're here. It's exciting to be back. It's been a while since we've talked, but the waivers have been. I've had enough of the waivers. Time to get into those start decisions. Hopefully, I can do something to help somebody win because my teams have not been uh, as successful as I would have wanted this year. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's almost at the point we were saying before the show where uh, I wouldn't mind if I had a team or two less to check every week. So I want them all to win. I love all of my teams, but I just got eliminated from the QB list uh, staff guillotine league. Got some supporters in there as well. Uh, was not super sad to, to miss out on another waiver wire run on the guillotine league. So, um, yeah. A lot of dynasty teams still competing, though, so my work is not done. So um, we're going to go through the regular stuff here, but we wanted to start out just with kind of a quick reminder here for you all uh, that we have not only a Thursday night game this week, San Francisco against Seattle, but we also have three Saturday games. we got the Colts at the Vikings, the Ravens at the Browns, and the Dolphins at the Bills. So just remember, everyone out there, uh, you got some decisions to make on Saturday, a day early. Uh, might be kind of nice to uh, get some points on the board on Saturday and then kind of make some decisions after that. But keep that in mind. Don't forget to set your rosters. And then we've been trying to remind you all recently about this, but uh, it's officially the time of the year where the weather, weather matters. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday night. So, um, you know, kind of reading the re- weather reports right now is a little tough, but it looks like Miami at Buffalo. We're going to have a bunch of snow. It's going to be cold. Of course, it's December in Buffalo. Um, we also have uh, the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to the Chicago Bears. Looks like it's going to be about 20 degrees at kickoff. And then we also have the Rams and Packers on Monday Night Football. It's going to be about 13 degrees at kickoff. So we've got some other games this week that are in the 30s, a little bit cold, but those look like the big ones in Buffalo, Chicago, and Green Bay. Those are going to be the cold ones. So, uh, you know, maybe don't play a kicker in that game if you can help it. Uh, Maybe not a, a flex receiver in that game. I wouldn't sit any of your studs, but just keep an eye on that as we lead up to kickoff. So. Um, lots of decisions this week, Callan. So um, let's kick it off with my running back rankings. Uh, what what questions do you have for me as far as running backs this week? I mean, you brought in the Saturday night games, or excuse me, the Thursday night game, and we'll kick it off right there. Kenneth Walker has been battling last week. He missed with his with his injury. It sounds like he's going to play, but it seems like the discourse all throughout fantasy Twitter is what the heck to do with Kenneth Walker because he's going to be hobbled. We saw what they did with Travis Homer last week. How are you ranking him? What do you do with Kenneth Walker this week? Is he in your lineup? Where do you see him uh, finishing this week? Yeah, this is a tough one for me. Uh, Guy coming off an injury, short week. We've seen injured players on Thursday night football kind of get mothballed at times, and it it, it can be frustrating, and it it worries me here with Kenneth Walker. It does not help that they're uh, playing home against San Francisco. Really tough defense. So I'm worried. I've got him at RB20 right now. I could move him up if the injury reports sound really promising. Uh, but I just don't like the spot. I mean, a lot of Walker's scoring has been touchdown based this year. He's had a couple games where he caught some passes, but we really need him to reach the end zone. And this 49ers defense, uh, they're allowing the fewest points per game to opposing running backs, 3.3 yards per carry. They've only allowed five touchdowns to running backs all year. Like it's just a bad matchup. So 
I do think if he was at his like, you know, 70% workload, he might be able to overcome this, but it worries me here. I I just, I I worry if we get like a 40% snap share, this could go south pretty quick. So I don't know. I'd be curious, Callan, if you think I'm overreacting. I've got like Rashad White, David Montgomery, Isaiah Pacheco ranked ahead of him. And it's just, I don't know. I just have a bad feeling about Kenneth Walker. So do you have any optimism here for me? I can't really say too much more than what you said. I think it's kind of a a tough call. If it was a normal week, if it was a Sunday game, like game, or even if you weren't playing San Francisco, if you're playing literally any other team but the 49ers, yeah. then there's a lot more optimism. But like you said, the 49ers have the fewest points per game to the running back position. And at this point, we don't know. We know Pete Carroll likes to have the lead back. Last week, it was Travis Homer, and that's it. But, yep. you know, short week, I could easily see him just being in a, a platoon, sort of a mix and match with the backfield. So I'm going to try to avoid it if I can. Of course, he's still... Like you said, find him in that RB2 range. He's a good, solid running back, and you know if he's healthy, he's going to probably be the lead guy. But against this 49er team, I'd probably try to avoid him, but I know there's going to be a lot of teams out there. You probably will have to start him. Yeah, and he is a talented player, so I I wouldn't start like... I don't know, like Raheem Mostert or Cam Akers over him. I do think he's young. He, he's he's a good running back. There's some talent with Kenneth Walker, so I wouldn't go overboard. I still have him above like DeAndre Swift, who's seen a up and down workload, and he's playing the Jets. I've actually docked Alvin Kamara way down my rankings. I'm just kind of tired of his week to week production, so I've got him above them. So it's not like complete doom and gloom here with Walker, but yeah, I'm. Uh, if you have a stacked running back core, I would try to just. Take a week here, see how Walker looks, and, and start him in the, the semifinals, hopefully. Yeah, I'm a little shocked that you have him ahead of uh, Kamara, to be honest, even though it's been doom and gloom. I, I don't want to play Kamara, but that matchup against Atlanta seems uh, too good for me to be true. But yeah, yeah I, can, I can get it. He's been a, a tough person to roster. And in a similar position we have with Ramondre Stevenson. He didn't practice Wednesday of his ankle. We saw the how he mixed the match. Damian Harris has been battling with injury as well, so... What's your take on this New England backfield? I know we have a few members on staff, and Ryan would be perfect if he was on to give you that insight. But unfortunately, I'm not a Patriot fan, so I can't give you too much insight into that. But what do you do for Andre Stevenson? Do you see him active? What kind of play out that New England backfield for us? Yeah, it's uh, it's a mess all around here in New England. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson did not practice Wednesday with an ankle injury. It's looking doubtful right now. He's not labeled doubtful, but it, it doesn't look great. Um, at the same time, we have Damian Harris returning to practice, a limited practice with a thigh injury uh, after missing last week. Uh, we saw both Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong look pretty decent last week when both of those starters were out. And everything I've seen from the coaches has kind of been lumping them together as the rookies, kind of talking about them both and how they did a good job. But I hadn't really seen anything from the coaches that stood out on which they preferred. So um, I asked Ben Brown, uh, another Patriots fan here on staff, or, or what we saw manager, what he thought. I, re- I read Ben's what we saw breakdown of the, the Patriots game. And he seems to prefer Kevin Harris this week, or at least thinks that the team will prefer Kevin Harris. So uh, obviously we have to see if Damian Harris plays and if Ramondre Stevenson plays. But um, Ben said that he doesn't think they're comfortable enough with Pierre Strong to take on a heavy role. Uh, Pierre struggled a bunch in training camp. He's been active, uh, inactive far more this season than Kevin Harris has been. So he just seems to think they trust Kevin Harris more. And that kind of reflects what happened last week. Uh, Kevin Harris outsnapped Pierre Strong 29 to 19. I took a higher rush share. I, I think there's a lot of people that like Pierre Strong. He was a um, higher drafted rookie. He's got some speed and some big playability. But kind of what Ben Brown was saying was just that they trust Harris more and he would expect him to see more work this week. So 
I right now I have Damian Harris like RB26 if he plays. I think you can start him pretty comfortably, assuming Ramondre Stevenson does not. Uh, so it's kind of a bunch of sliding doors here about who plays and who doesn't. But if both of those starters were out, Harris and Strong are kind of on the radar here. Uh, I don't know. I just we know New England will run the ball. They have success um, at Las Vegas is a pretty good matchup here. So I just mm-hmm. I'm, I want to play one of these guys. I, we might yeah. not know until Sunday what this is going to look like, but um, I'm, I'm intrigued by all of them. Yeah. So just to sum it all up, if it were without Harris, if we missed uh, Harris and Stevenson, you, which one of those two would you prefer Harris or Strong? I know Ben says he prefers uh, Harris, but what do you think? Uh, where would you lean? Yeah, I'm going to take Ben's word for it. I'm going to go Harris. I I think he probably would be more likely to get some of the volume work and some of the goal line work. And that's, I just don't know how much we're going to count on either of them to take a Ramondre Stevenson pass catching role. So yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Kevin Harris, go with the, the, the volume and the touchdown potential. So I don't know. I think I could probably get him if both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson were out. I think we could probably get Kevin Harris up in the, I don't know, RB 29, 30 range, kind of in the Cam Akers, A.J. Dillon range, somewhere around there, eh, maybe a little lower than that. It, it, it's kind of in that 30 to 35 range. And I, I, I hopefully going into the playoffs, you don't need to start either of these guys. But if you have a, a an injury crop up this week and you're looking for one, I, I do think it's worth stashing them right now. Yeah, I wouldn't blame, wouldn't blame you. It's an interesting one, especially in that match against Vegas. Like you said, I definitely want to get some New England running back out there, but yeah. we may not even know until... 1130 on Sunday until you make that decision. So stash them, see what you can do. And the last running back that I'm a little curious about there is uh, we saw last week, JK Dobbins against my Pittsburgh Steelers break off that long run. People, another guy who's having a lot of Twitter discourse about, is he actually healthy? We saw him didn't look fully hundred percent based on that run. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about him because I've seen you have him at running back 32 and the expert consensus ranking has that running back 20. So why are you not as high on, uh, on him, on J.K. Dobbins, do you have another Raven running back ahead of him? How do you play out this backfield moving forward now that Dobbins is out there, maybe not 100%, but with him and Gus Edwards, what's your uh, opinion about that going forward? Yeah, I like you said, I have him at RB32, and I'm actually have been a little surprised. It looks like maybe Tyler Huntley is going to play. He had a concussion last week, and I kind of just assumed Huntley was going to be out. I, I think I could move Dobbins up to like RB26 if Huntley plays. I was kind of worried about an Anthony Brown game here for J.K. Dobbins. But even regardless of the quarterback, if it's not Lamar, I just have a lot of concerns here with Dobbins. I, I agreed. I'm glad you brought that up about how he looked on that long run. Um, mm-hmm. 44 of Dobbins' 120 yards came on a long run, which sounds great. He's an explosive back, and he busted a big play. But he didn't really look like the Dobbins old. He was kind of mm-hmm. hobbling and didn't look like he had that gear. It just looked stiff kind of. And – um, obviously like it was kind of untouched 44 yards too. It's not like he was juking people out of his shoes. So I don't know. I'd be curious after this, how you think he looked the rest of the game, but I just didn't think it looked like the Dobbins old. And then, you know, he got no targets last week. The Ravens only scored 16 points. Like, I don't know. Are we, if they score one touchdown this week, we kind of need it to be Dobbins. You know, I, yeah. I just don't know how many points we can project them for. So that's what I worry about. He, he played 43% of the snaps last week. Gus Edwards, 34 Kenyon Drake, 18. Maybe it consolidates down to just Dobbins and Edwards, but I just see like a three-way split here. Not much passing game work. We're probably hoping for a touchdown. So I don't know. Did you see some better plays from Dobbins last week, or did it kind of just look like a guy getting back from injury? 
it more, looked more like a guy coming back from injury. He looked like that. It was mostly except that one long run, which was great to see. It's nice to see that he still has that in him. But like you said, even with that one run, it didn't look like elite prime J.K. Dobbins. Now, like I said, it could be his first week back. This is a good Steeler rush defense. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns, on the other hand, giving up the third most points in terms of running back against the running back position per game. So I think there is potential for Dobbins game. But like you said, it's going to be Will he be the lead guy? He had the most uh, rush rush percentage last week compared to, Jay, to Gus Edwards, but we'll see after another week of practice how that plays out. So I'd probably be a slightly bit, a little bit more optimistic than you, but I think kind of in that RB two ish range, flexist range, where I would probably yeah. end up with him. But in that match against Cleveland, I similar to how you talk about the New England backfield, I want to start somebody. I just don't know who. Yeah, that's a fair point. I. I do think like if you're in a standard league, I like Dobbins a lot more, I guess maybe just looking from things from a PPR perspective so much. I just, man, without that, without that pass catching yeah. ability and the, not being in a prolific offense, that's what I worry about. So again, if Huntley's back, that certainly changes things um, that, that they struggled with Huntley too, I guess, but um, it's, it's better than Anthony Brown. So otherwise I'm not real high on Gus Edwards. I've been kind of down on him in general. I mean, he's also not going to catch a lot of passes. You're kind of waiting for a touchdown. He did get 66 yards rushing last week, but uh, we will see that they may run the ball a lot this week against Cleveland. You're right. But I also thought Cleveland looked a little better last week against the Bengals. Um, Deshaun Watson was still struggling, but he was improving slightly. And I don't know if the Browns can get a lead on the Ravens. I just, I just worry what this offense is going to look like. So uh, cautiously uh, optimistic, I guess, with this backfield is what I'd say. And it's fair to also mention that this is one of the Saturday games. So short week, I put that in quotations because it's one less day of rest, but maybe that plays somewhat into the Ravens mindset because we don't know what goes into these head coaches heads, but something to worth monitor, keep an eye on the practice reports and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, those were some of the big situations of running back I want to talk about. I mean, I guess I do have Alvin Kamara pretty low at RB22. Maybe he's worth discussing. I know that's a really nice matchup against the Falcons, but man, Kamara's only scored a touchdown in one game this season. Sure, he scored three in that game. Uh, but I mean, even PPR wise, he's struggling to crack 10 points. So, I don't know, Callan. I just, if I'm in the playoffs and I have better options, I'm looking other way, uh, you know, at other options. I mean, Expert consensus has him RB11, and it, that's kind of shocking to me personally. Like, he hasn't hit RB11 since that three-touchdown game in week uh, eight. He was RB1. Like, he's only had four RB1 weeks in PPR this year, and none of them since that week eight performance. So it's just – it's been a rough stretch for Kamara. I don't like this offense a ton, and I don't know. I'm just uh, – maybe uh, maybe I'm, I'm reverse jinxing him here, and he finally breaks out, but I, I've kind of given up on Kamara. I wouldn't mind if you reverse jinx him. I have him <laughs> in some leagues, and I wouldn't mind that. The matchup against Atlanta, I could see why the consensus is where it is, but if I was to be doing rankings, it probably would be somewhere in between. We saw in Week 13, Mark Ingram actually had a higher target share than Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Now, is that just a you know, workload sort of thing? Maybe, but it's worth monitoring. It's something to keep an eye out for. I probably couldn't say bench Alvin Kamara, play someone over Alvin Kamara yeah. in your fantasy playoffs. You start, you draft him in the first or second round in some leagues due to the suspension. He's going to be end up in your lineups in this matchup against Atlanta is something that you will want to take advantage of. So while it's concerning and maybe you have some other options that are slightly better, it's hard for me to come out and say, yeah, in your biggest game of the season, you got to bench your, your early round pick, but mm-hmm. Yeah, it's concerning, and it's hopefully you have a. If you want to bench him, have other options, sure, but it's gonna be hard pressed to do that. 
Yeah, fair enough. And I'll put you on the spot a little bit. I'm sure you've talked about him on the waiver wire podcast a lot, but uh, how are you feeling about Zonovan Knight playing against the Lions? Like, have you all been pro Zonovan Knight uh, against Zonovan Knight? What are you thinking with that Jets backfield? We've been very pro Zonovan Knight. Just the question is, what do they do with Michael Carter? I love what I saw from Zonovan Knight. He looked great. And the same thing we've been saying, the matchup against Detroit is amazing. But yeah. the problem to me is that when Michael Carter's out on the field, he was kind of the lead back. Last week, he had a higher percentage of snaps than Zonovan Knight. He actually saw again, a higher target share than Zonovan Knight. So yeah. it's going to be another 50-50 split. I still probably would put him in that similar range, probably where I would have... Uh, a J.K. Dobbins, or he talked about um, at the beginning of the show. Hmm. Um, I think with kind of around that Kenneth Walker-ish type in that hot, yeah. low tw- uh, 20 to 24 range, probably where I'd end up yep. with Zonovan Knight. But the matchup is so great. But I think Carter is going to be extremely involved too. So it's kind of the same thing we were saying. You hope that Zonovan Knight gets a touchdown if you're going to play him. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, you nailed it. That's I've got him at RB23. It's kind of in that Kenneth Walker, DeAndre Swift, Alvin Kamara. Um, Deontay Foreman range like it's it's I could see any of those guys having a huge week I could also see any of them having a disappointing week so uh, hopefully by this time though your running back stable is pretty rounded out and you're in good shape so we we won't go too farther down the rankings here Colin I, I think that's a pretty good rundown so um Let's get into wide receiver. Uh, Ryan still did his wide receiver rankings, even though he is not here to defend them. So maybe we'll just pick on his ranks a little bit here, Callan. But um, I wanted to start out with the Arizona Cardinals because this receiving core was starting to round into shape and I was excited to see what was going to happen here. And now Kyler Murray is out with an ACL injury. So what do you think we do here? If you have DeAndre Hopkins, if you have Marquise Brown, like are you running away and, and benching these guys or, I mean, we've seen Colt McCoy be okay in the past. Like what, what are your thoughts on this Cardinals offense? No, I'm not running fully away from him. DeAndre Hopkins is too good for me just to say bench. If you obviously have to start one, you're starting DeAndre Hopkins past yep. uh, four weeks. He's played, he's had double digit targets in three out of four and the other one was six for 87 and a touchdown. So yeah. he's still DeAndre Hopkins. He's still great. He's still gonna be the lead guy. Yes. The Broncos have allowed the fewest points to fantasy wide receivers per game. It doesn't matter to me in terms of DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's still an easy lock in your lineup. You have to lower some expectation. He's not going to be the top 10 DeAndre Hopkins, but can I see top 12, top 15? Absolutely, even against his matchup. Marquise Brown's a little bit more interesting to me just because he has been coming back from that injury still. He's not, it, maybe he is 100%, but he's still the number two of a Colt McCoy led team. He probably would be a wide receiver two for me if I was doing rankings. So probably the same thing. I'd still be starting him for that big play potential, but he's a little bit more boom bust, kind of like how he was with Lamar Jackson rather than the stable. You start him and forget him, but he has been. So you yeah. might have a better option for Marquise Brown, but Hopkins is going to be extremely hard pressed for me to sit. Yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic as well because I mean Colt McCoy, he's been in the system for a long time. He's they've won some games with him at quarterback. You just look at his games this year. I mean, he's completed 26 passes, 24 passes, 27 passes in the games that he's played, uh, nearly 40 attempts in all those games. You know, the yardage is down, but he's still thrown for over 200 yards. Like we've seen a lot worse uh, backup quarterbacks come in. So I would agree with you. Hopkins is still in pretty good shape. Um, Ryan's got them both ranked right around wide receiver 20. Uh, I would feel pretty comfortable playing Hopkins. He's going to get the ball. And even Hollywood Brown, like there is upside there. It's a matchup against Denver is a tough one. And it's always hard to know in these matchups with corners and receivers, who's going to travel with who you got to figure they're going to be following Hopkins. So it's just a matter of how much they force it in. Can they get Brown deep? But 
you know, it's it's not the greatest matchup against Denver, but I do think there's reason for optimism, at least from a, a volume perspective. Completely agree. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested, especially with Marquise Brown. His depth of target's actually gone down since he's gotten back, so that's something to monitor, and especially with Colt McCoy throwing. They're not going to be taking as many deep shots for him as they probably would with Kyler Murray, so that makes me a little worried, but like we said, it's probably too difficult to sit someone with Marquise Brown ability, but you, know, you probably have you have some options that maybe are better than him. But another guy that you know I kind of want to lead into too for similar purposes who may have a backup quarterback this week. Yeah. And it's Jerry Judy. We saw Russell Wilson leave. Brett Ripon maybe starting. There's a lot of questions about Jerry Judy because of the Denver receiver core. DeAndre uh, Cortland Sutton may return from injury. How do, where do you rank Jerry Judy this week? How do you see him in the, the opposite side of this matchup? Yeah, so, I mean, as of Wednesday, uh, Cortland Sutton did not practice and Russell Wilson did not practice. They seem to be talking optimistically about Russell Wilson, but I, I don't know. These concussions, like I said earlier, it's mm-hmm. players have been missing a week pretty much regularly uh, this season. So I'm kind of expecting it's Brett Ripien. Uh Ryan's got Jerry Judy ranked wide receiver 28. Um, Judy was last week's wide receiver two overall. He had a huge week. I actually watched that game for what we saw. I was impressed. Uh, but obviously a lot of that production came with Russ, Russell Wilson. And I guess I'm a little concerned with Judy. Like he had three touchdowns. Yes, but it was nine targets. Nine targets is good, but I could see nine targets in this offense just as easily be what four catches for 45 yards and no touchdowns. Like it's not like he got 16 targets. So I don't know. He's certainly going to be their number one receiver. Ripien has played for this team. It's not like it's his first start for them. So maybe there's some optimism, but yeah, I don't know. Other side of this matchup here. I mean, we're talking about the same game. Um, let's see maybe how the weather's looking in, in uh, Denver yeah. on Sunday. But uh, Judy, yeah, I think he's more of a wide receiver three. I just there hasn't been that consistency to trust him necessarily with the backup quarterback in. I'd agree with you, and especially you know, a matchup of Arizona hasn't been a cakewalk this year. Cardinals are near the bottom ten in terms of points to wide receivers per game. Yeah. Now, if Cortland Sutton's out then you know that Judy's going to be getting the volume. They're not going to fully lean on their running back position. But there's so many wrinkles in that with who's throwing the football. If it's Brett Ripping, of course, it's going to be not as consistent as even a uh, possibly wash Russell Wilson. But, uh, you know, I'll still stick with him probably in that wide receiver three range. I think if they play against Arizona, it's going to be a close, highly contested game. So you obviously can't expect it to be three touchdowns or anything like that. But I'm okay starting him but I think he's right on that border and you've been without him for parts of the season. So you may have options that are right around that same range as Judy. So uh, I think he can easily be replaced in your lineup, but he's also got that upside, especially if, if Sutton's out, then he'll probably be hard pressed for me to, to sit. Yeah. And just looking at Ryan's rankings right after Judy, he's got Christian Watson. I, I do think I'd play Christian Watson over Judy. Uh, but then after that, it's Zay Jones, you know, he's a good player or he's been producing. I, I don't know that he's as talented as some of these other guys. Uh, Alan Lazard, DJ Moore, like those are the names after Jerry Judy. So I understand where he's ranked. I would, I would probably roll with the hot streak on Christian Watson touchdown scoring and see if it keeps up. But other than that, I can't push back a ton. Um, Judy should see eight or nine targets in this one, I would assume. Yep, I would completely agree with that. All right. Well, let's get on. Uh, you know, this late in the year, we're getting all these quarterback changes, and it's not uh, its not great here, Cowan. I, I thought we had figured out yeah. some of these offenses, and we've got another one with the Falcons. Um, we're going to talk about Drake London here, because uh, now all of a sudden he's moving on from um, Marcus Mariota, and we've got Desmond Ritter under center here. So uh, we finally saw it last week with Drake London. He had 12 targets. Like, we finally saw since Kyle Pitts got hurt, they had to throw the ball, and it all consolidated to London. 
but now we've got a rookie quarterback under center. So um, would you rather take kind of the mystery box with Ritter and hope he's better than Mariota, or do you think this could get even worse? I don't know how much worse it can really get than what we've seen, but it's Atlanta. It could definitely get worse because we know their MO. It's run the ball, run the ball. Oh, shoot, it's third down. I guess we should throw the football. But we know they're going to run it 20, 25 times and throw 15 times. So how many of those targets actually go to London? 10 of those 15 probably. But you know how consistent they're going to be, how conservative they're going to be with Desmond Ritter in his first career start going against New Orleans, who are middle of the pack in terms of the matchup. So it's not a great matchup. It's not a bad matchup. So uh, I think he, Ryan probably has the right on the ball in terms of ranking, put him in that wide receiver three flexish type at 39. Hmm. It, it's a matchup I'd love to play. I'd love the talent for Drake London, hmm. but I don't think in my fantasy playoffs I can trust a rookie quarterback in an okay matchup on a team that we know the MO is run the football. Yeah, I would agree. And he's kind of the cutoff, I think, in the rankings, like above him. Deontay Johnson, you know, he's been up and down, but we still know that he's a good receiver. Uh, DJ Chark has shown some things lately. Like Drake London's kind of where you start thinking about benching him, I think. So I'd be a little worried here. Um, we'll see what happens with Ritter, but you're right. I mean, they it's the Falcons. They will more than be more than happy to go into a shell and run the ball if they can. So I would watch for the Saints. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore just seems to be limited in practice every week and then doesn't play. So he was limited again this week. I'm not sure what's going on. If he came back, then uh, we're absolutely sitting Drake London. But I don't know. I think if you were desperate or in a, in a DFS lineup and wanted to get cheap, I could see hoping for kind of 10 targets here from London. But um, I don't know. Maybe the Saints aren't going to cooperate and put up points to make them throw. So it's it's kind of that, that little NFC South. It's just kind of gross trying to figure these teams out. Yeah, I don't like it. It's a shame. That, it's crazy that we have the NFC or AFC East, where there's four above 500 teams, and the yeah. AFC, or NFC South, excuse me, where it's four pretty much below 500 teams, and one of them is going to somehow make the playoffs. It's uh, the craziness of the 2022 season. Yeah, the Panthers are still fighting, so they're still still in the hunt. It's pretty wild. I can't believe it. I really can't. <laughs> Sam Darnold-led Panthers. All right. Well, I don't know. Otherwise, I think most of these receivers are pretty set in stone at this point, so we're not going to go super deep. I, we know what we've got with most of these guys, so I would I would stick to who you've been playing all year, uh, who got you here. Uh, just go with the talented receivers and the good offenses. You can't go wrong. So, all right, let's get on to some quarterback streamers here, Callan. Um, I've got a few names here, uh, some we've talked about a lot, a few new additions, but are there any quarterback streamers under 50% rostered, maybe even under 60% rostered that you would go to uh, in the first round of the fantasy playoffs if you had to? Yeah, I mean, if you listen to the waiver wire show, Mario and I highlight a couple of these guys, but the top one for me this week is the same one for Ryan. He's his quarterback 12, but Mike White against the Detroit Lions. We've been highlighting it all season on this on our show that you play guys who play the Detroit Lions. It's pretty simple. And Mike White, we know how really good he's been since he's taken over and how there's no thoughts of going back to Zach Wilson. It's going to be a shootout sort of game against the Lions. They're allowing the most points against fantasy quarterbacks. We don't know who is going to be fully in the backfield, whether it's going to be split with Carter or Knight. But we do know that Mike White, as long as he plays, has a matchup he can take advantage of. We're seeing the breakout for Elijah Moore a little bit. Garrett Wilson's been great. Corey Davis is back. There's a lot of weapons. We're going to talk about the tight end and Tyler Conklin probably in a little bit too. So I I can't believe we're talking about the New York Jets as a fantasy exciting offense. But Mike White is uh, probably right at the top of the streamers, and especially in that match against the Lions. I'm 
I'm fully in on that. You're gonna might need to start him with losing Lamar Jackson, losing Kyler Murray. Yeah, maybe deciding between him and Tyler Huntley. There's a lot of options this week, and I think Mike White's a, a very easy call in this matchup. Yeah, so it is worth noting he's limited in practice with a rib injury. That would be my only real concern there. But, I mean, the volume has been great. I mean, he threw 44 times last week, 57 attempts the week before. Uh, you know, I, it was QB 22 last week, but it was at Buffalo. Like, that's a really tough matchup. Yeah. So, home against Detroit. And Detroit's actually gotten a little better against the run recently. So, uh, maybe they can kind of funnel some of this to the passing game. So, yeah, I like Mike White. Uh, just watch his health. Uh, I do like uh, Daniel Jones. It's kind of cheating because he's QB 15, um, but he's 57% rostered. So not really under the 50% threshold, but I know at Washington is a tough matchup. So that's why he's down at QB 15. But I do think if you are desperate this time of the year, you've at least got upside there with his rushing, which you just can't say about a lot of these other quarterbacks. I mean, just two weeks ago, he had a 12 carry game uh, that was against Washington as well. So like I, I know that it's not pretty all the time with Daniel Jones, and Washington has got a really good defense. But uh, if you're one of those leagues that's got Daniel Jones on waivers and you need him, I just I just think the upside is is hard to pass up compared to some of these other names that we would have below him. Yeah, I'd agree. And I'll throw out Russell Wilson too as well against the Arizona Cardinals, who are kind of battling to themselves. Of course, Russell Wilson he has the same question mark in terms of his health. He wasn't healthy with the he's been battling a concussion protocol, but if he's out there especially if they get news that Cortland Sutton might play. He's going to get his weapons. I think this matchup against Arizona is one he can take advantage of. And we saw last week, actually, before he got hurt, he started to look yeah. better. He's still not normal Russell Wilson. He's not cooking at all, but yeah. he's still got the weapons, and they're starting to look at least somewhat better. So I think that matchup against Arizona, he can definitely take advantage of. He's right on that border of 49% rostered. So I'm, I'm in on that one as well. Yeah, for Wilson, it seems like they're still trying to figure out how he fits into this offense. Like yeah. he started to look better when they just kind of spread it out and we're just throwing from come from behind mode, sort of. So our two minute drill mode, like he looked better that way. I just don't think they know how to tie the whole offense into Russell Wilson. So I would expect it to get better. But yeah, concussion. We'll see if he plays some of the other options. Um, Brock Purdy. Um, at Seattle on Thursday Night Football, who also has an oblique injury. Taylor Heineke uh, against the Giants. Ryan Tannehill against the Chargers. Those are some of the ones left under 50%. Hopefully you don't have to go that deep. I would probably take Brock Purdy out of that group. Seattle's defense has fallen off lately, but I don't know if anyone stands out like a must-play or a must-sit on that group, uh, Callan. But um, it starts getting ugly after <laughs> the few we mentioned. Yeah, it gets very ugly. That's... I don't know if any of them fall into must-plays or must-sits, but I think the ones we talk about, I'd probably play over him. Russell Wilson, definitely in that, yeah. right in that range around. Same thing with from Daniel Jones. So um, The other options, you hope and pray. Tannehill, I guess, is good because it's Chargers, and they really have not been a great defense this year. But yeah. after the 15-16 range, it, like I said, it really, really gets ugly. Yeah, I think if Tannehill didn't have the bad ankles that he's working with and Traylon Burks is looking like he's going to be out, if he had some more weapons, I would be all on board. But uh, he's not super mobile right now. So, that yeah, it's I think that's why he's the lowest of this group for Ryan, and I would tend to agree with that. So hopefully you, you all found someone by now. I know even in my home league where I was desperate for quarterback for weeks, I ended up with uh, Trevor Lawrence. So hopefully you all have uh, got better options than this by now. So. All right, let's get on to some tight end streaming options. Uh, we've got some fun names this week, Callan. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to talk about a few of these. So uh, first up, we got to talk about Taysom Hill. He's still only 46% rostered. He's my tight end 12 this week. Uh, the tight end position is brutal, but 
part of it is they're just running out of options for the Saints. Like uh, they're playing Atlanta, which last time he played them, he had four carries for 81 yards and a touchdown. But um, for the Saints, Mark Ingram is hurt. I believe they just placed him on IR. Uh, like I mentioned above, Kamara is not producing a whole lot right now. Uh, Juwan Johnson, the other tight end, is questionable. He missed last week. Like they just don't have many players to get the ball to outside of Chris Olave. So Taysom Hill, I've been pretty down on him most of the year, but he makes sense as a streamer this week. He's got boom potential. Yeah, he can give you two points as well, but that, I mean, you could say the same thing about the rest of the tight ends. So I don't know how, where you stand on Taysom Hill, Callen. I'm, we haven't really talked about him this year, yeah. but I've been, I've been pushing back on him, but he's, I think we can start him in the fantasy playoffs. He's someone we bring up on the waiver show fairly often in terms of streamers, and I sigh every single time because <laughs> yeah. exactly what you said. It could be a two-point game or it could be a 15 to 20-point game or even more. I've yeah. had a I had a league where I was came down to Sunday and Monday night where I needed Taysom Hill and Rashad White not to score a touchdown, and both Taysom Hill and Rashad White scored touchdowns and knocked me out of probably playoff contention in that league. So yeah. I'm a little salty about him, but in any other week... I'd probably be pushing back on him as a starter, but the matchup against Atlanta is just, yeah. it's really hard to push back against that. And like you said, they're battling so many injuries. Juwan Johnson's hurt. Mark Ingram's hurt. Chris Olave is their only really good pass catching weapon outside of Alvin Kamara, but don't really use him to do that. So yeah, I, I wish I could push back more, but I think Taysom Hill is right on that same borderline of a, you know, top 12 streamer. There might be one or two, one or two guys we mentioned that I might start over him, but mm-hmm. I think you can't really go wrong in the, with this. Yeah, and we've also had some players kind of drop off, like Tyler Higby's kind of dropped off as the year goes on. Greg Dulcich with his quarterback situation in Denver. You know, Kate Otten, I, I thought he was going to happen for a while, and it's kind of been hit or miss. So we're kind of, uh, yeah, it's thin and out once you get past about tight end eight, I guess. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> times are tough at tight end. So uh, tight end 12 sounds high. It's not really that high because a lot of these guys are the same. So um, real quickly, Tyler Conklin, I talk about him every week, but tight end 13, still only 29% rostered, playing the Lions, potential shootout. I would just say that the production hasn't been there, but since Mike White took over, he's got 15 targets the last two weeks. Yeah. So it hasn't translated yet, but he is seeing targets. So I, I think he's more than a a capable streaming option. You just got to hope he turns it around this week. Yeah, I really like that call as well. He said top three in terms of points allowed to the tight end are the Detroit Lions. So great matchup for him. He had an 18% target share last week. That was second on the team in total. So about behind only Elijah Moore. So he's getting the work, like you said, in this matchup. I think he's right up there, right on that border of Taysom Hill. I think he's a, another really good streaming candidate. Yep. And then I think probably about the fourth straight week I've talked about him, but uh, Chigo Conquo for the Titans. He's my tight end 14, still only 23% rostered playing the Chargers. Uh, he's been an impressive player. I'd still like to see a snap share get a little higher. It was only 49% last week, but he drew a 16% target share. Uh, Tannehill is turning to the tight ends a lot with Traylon Burks hurt. And uh, Conquo's had a, between a 13 and 20% target share each of the past three weeks. And he's had 30 plus receiving yards each of the past six weeks. Like some of those weeks he did it on one catch. Like he's, he's their only downfield option right now. One of their only athletic options. So I think the Titans are just going to have to throw him the ball and keep going to him. I would say that like, he also has a low floor, but if you're looking for a ceiling option, you could probably argue between him and Taysom Hill, but uh, he's got a much better ceiling than Tyler Conklin does. So if you're looking for a home run swing, uh, I would pick up Chico Conquo. 
Chico Conquo might be my favorite of these candidates this week. Yeah. I think this matchup between the Chargers and Titans probably has the, one of the higher over-unders of the week. I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but it's going to be a shootout. We know these are two team, two defenses that have been struggling of late, two offenses that are starting to come together a little bit more. Yeah. Without Traylon Burks, Chico Conquo is maybe the most athletic and best pass-catching offense option on that entire team. Yeah, the snap share is fully not there compared to Austin Hooper, but we know when Okonkwo was on the field, he's going to get the ball, and he finally got that touchdown last week. I'd almost put him as almost, I wouldn't say a lock, but he's got a really good chance to catch touch, catch touchdown this week for Tennessee. So yep. I really like him as a streaming candidate in this matchup, and uh, if I had to pick one up personally, he's probably the one I'd go with. Yeah, maybe I should put him above Conklin. Maybe we'll, we'll think about it. We got all weekend to think about it. So I do like him as a player, though. He definitely passes the eye test when you watch him. So, all right, we've got to have this discussion now, Cowan. I'm going to need your help on this one. Um, Jeff see. Driscoll, uh, he plays for the Houston Texans now, which nobody knew until a couple weeks ago. He is tight end eligible on Yahoo, which nobody knew about until a few weeks ago. And somehow, like, he played 50% of the snaps in a committee with Davis Mills last week. So that the Texans had a quarterback committee going. He had seven carries for 36 yards. He went four of six passing with a touchdown. He's seeing red zone snaps. Like this is crazy. It's I put in my notes here. He probably belongs above Taysom Hill because he's actually playing quarterback. Like he's actually a quarterback that you get to play at tight end. I just don't know. Like this is all a function of the Texans game plan and like they're, their strategy at quarterback and they could just decide in the second quarter that they don't want to do this anymore. Right. And then all of a sudden Driscoll just isn't playing. So that's, that's what worries me here is we're just completely left to the decisions of the play calling in Houston. And what if they get down to the chiefs by 21 and they go pass heavy and that's not Driscoll's game. Like, I don't know what to make of him, Callan, but if you told me that Jeff Driscoll was the tight end two this week, I would not be surprised at all. It's amazing. To see that I didn't even know he was tight end eligible until looking around Twitter when I was supposed to be working today when I was on yeah. the, on the lunch break I saw someone tweet about that I'm like wait what <laughs> I almost forgot for a moment until watching the games last week that Jeff Driscoll was still around until yeah. I saw him in that in that mix the fact that he's playing the Chiefs and that they are going to be uh, playing catch up the entire game and throwing the football makes this an extremely interesting play if obviously if you knew that Jeff Driscoll is going to be the starter or get the majority of work you'd be putting him at tight end one. But we don't know when we have to trust what Houston does. And that's not something I ever really want to do is trust Houston with anything at this point. So right, I'd love to start him. I'd love to say it. But I, it's similar situation to what we said before. I can't trust Houston in my fantasy playoffs. But if you yeah. obviously if you get word that Jeff Driscoll is going to start or if they're going to bench Davis Mills, then absolutely you play Jeff Driscoll. But yeah, I don't know how much you can really do this mix and match at quarterback against someone like Kansas City. Yeah. And I mean, this is a Texans team that before last week where they almost beat the the Cowboys, like, I mean, they looked like the worst team we've seen in five years. Like if, if this is a bad team and they just kind of spiked a decent week, but I don't know if we can count on that. They do say that they're going to keep this committee going. Uh, so that's what they're telling us right now, but it's hard to trust this stuff when it comes to coaches. So I don't know. I've got him at tight end 16 right now. All those guys we just mentioned, I would play above him. But I would say if you are in a desperation situation playing some heavy favorite, you just don't think your team's very good. Like he's a swing for the fences for sure. So uh, I don't know. Crazier things have happened. It's just, man, <laughs> just I, a quarterback <laughs> committee, Cowan. Like when, when have we seen a quarterback committee? Just, I just, I don't know what to do with this. Just what you expect in your fantasy playoffs. I was going to be talking about a, a quarterback committee. I, I, 
I'm speechless. Uh, I'm honestly speechless. I guess the Texans are just giving up on Davis Mills. I mean, they benched him for Kyle Allen, and now he's not even getting the full staff share. So I think we can go ahead and uh, put them in for Penn for drafting a quarterback early next year because uh, they clearly don't like what they have here. Yeah, you'd hope. You'd really hope. <laughs> just, draft, just draft somebody. The Texans yep. fans need some something to hope for. So. Okay, let's quickly go through defense and special teams. Uh, we gave you all a preview a couple weeks ago for some defenses you can pick up to get a couple starts out of. So hopefully you took our advice and already have this covered. But if you're looking for a defense to stream, Callan, is there a defense on this list that stands out to you? I kind of expanded this to 60% below roster ship. So uh, is there a defense under 60% rostered that really just gets you really excited to play them in the, the fantasy playoffs? I think Denver is the one that stands out the most to me. You're facing Colt McCoy, who I know he said he's been solid as a backup, but still a backup quarterback in a struggling Arizona Cardinal offense. So, And then you look ahead to their schedule. Week 16, they play the Los Angeles Rams, so that's two straight weeks now. In my fantasy playoffs, if I can get a two-week streamer rather than just doing a week-to-week, I love that. So I think they stand out the most to me, not just because of the matchup this week, but the fact that they have to you know, go against someone next two week next week in like a Los Angeles Rams who mm-hmm. let's face it, they've kind of given up on this season as well. So I think that uh Denver would top the list for me. I, I believe that Baker Mayfield won NFC offensive player of the week this week. I saw that come across Twitter and I was like, I watched that game. I know it was a good story, <laughs> but um I was that the best player in the NFC? That was, that blew my mind. So yeah, Denver's a good defense. Uh yeah, if you can get them, go for it. Uh, some of the other options, Packers home against the Rams. That's a good one. It's going to be cold. Um, Cleveland home against Baltimore. If Huntley, Huntley plays, it's not as exciting. But if it was Anthony Brown, I'd be all over that one. I'd yep. be curious your thoughts on this Steelers-Panthers game because both in theory are good defenses to play. Uh, Panthers at home against maybe Mitch Trubisky, but also Steelers on the road against Sam Darnold. Like, What, what are your kind of thoughts on that game in general? Like, Is this going to be low-scoring turnovers, or um, are the defenses maybe not good enough to make that happen? No, no, low-scoring turnovers. These Steelers defense is definitely good enough to make that happen. It sounds like TJ Watt will be active again. I know he was battling an injury in practice last week, and maybe kind of limiting him moving forward, but he yeah. should be out there, so that makes Steelers always a a solid play, especially against Sam Darnold, but Panthers are even a, a solid play as well, just because Mitch Trubisky threw three interceptions and made me miss Kenny Pickett, and I didn't <laughs> know how much that can happen. I, I don't hate Kenny Pickett, but it's been... I didn't think the downgrade was going to be that bad, and then I actually saw it happen, so I think both are solid streaming candidates, and uh, if I had to pick, I'd probably go Steelers just because it's the Steelers defense. And I trust that better than Carolina. But if Trubisky's out there, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> hey, this is a good thing for you Steelers fans. You got to see Trubisky. Like, wow, Pickett really made a lot of progress here. Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. he looks good. <laughs> yeah, All right. it definitely crossed my mind where I was like, oh, wait, maybe I'm giving Kenny Pickett a little too much slack after watching a. I told my boss when I was walking to work the other day, I'm like, I didn't think I'd miss Kenny Pickett. And then I watched Trubisky play. And <laughs> now I miss Kenny Pickett. Yeah, we'll see if you get some Rudolph action this week too. That might help as well. So I, I do think one defense. Out, yeah, yeah. If, oh, sorry. If Rudolph's out there, then Carolina jumps right up there. That's uh, <laughs> they would be top ten play probably for me if uh, Mason Rudolph had to start. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll go to a committee with Trubisky Rudolph. So all right, um, I do think there are a lot of good options this week. Like I think one really good option actually is Washington at home against the Giants. I mean that defense is playing really well. 
Uh, they lead the league in quarterback knockdowns. Uh, Michael James writes our defensive streaming article and, and brought that up in the article. They had five sacks against the Giants a few weeks ago. So Washington's a really good option. And then you got the Saints at home against Desmond Ritter. So there's there's a ton of good options this week. So if for some reason you kind of had to use that extra bench spot to stash somebody and you still don't have your defense like we're going to go up till Sunday and there are going to be good defenses available so not a bad week to be streaming defenses I would say with all these backup quarterbacks popping up around the league yeah we might see that more moving forward as more teams kind of shut players down to injury yeah I definitely think the streaming defense are going to get a a little more viable strategy for the next couple weeks and like you said the options out this week pretty pretty plentiful so I don't think you're in a bad spot if you're forced to do that this week Yep. Maybe a time to check back in on your waivers for next week and just see if uh, one of these teams that we used to think was a a decent matchup is now a great matchup uh, with a backup quarterback in. So, all right. I think that's a pretty good recap of the week. Uh, You know, again, this is playoffs now. I hope most of y'all have a pretty solid roster. So you're not too worried about running back, you know, 40 here. So uh, if you do need help, though, we always have the running back wide receiver tight end streamer article on the website. Check that out. Uh, We'll, of course, have sit start uh, with all the breakdowns. So um, just check that out if you missed anything. But Callan, uh, thanks for joining me. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Are you ready to go back to the waiver wire world? Yeah, it's been it's been a while since I didn't start sit, but waivers have kind of become my home. So I enjoy it. It's been it was good to talk about some players that aren't on your roster board or it's nice to start about your standard normal starters this week. So yeah, it's been, it was fun. Thanks cool. for having me back on. Oh yeah. Good to talk to you as always. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening. We are getting close to the end of the season. So hope y'all are uh, making some money, winning some leagues, but uh, we will talk to you again on the, what we saw podcast on Sunday night. <laughs>